So I'm a member of Trinity Bible Fellowship. I've been coming to Trinity Bible Fellowship since 2006. Um, four years ago, uh, the elders saw fit to make me the to to call me as the youth pastor. The Lord called me up to be the youth pastor here. Been doing that job for four years. I tell you all that to establish credibility, because I'm sure when I walked up here, a lot of people are saying, "Why is this guy coming on the on the pulpit?" And I'm sure Steve's thinking, "Why is this guy coming on the pulpit?" It's a good question. Good question. So when we are introduced to people, think about this. Um, there's an exchange of words. You know, this is this person. This is this person. And immediately in that introduction, if you're being introduced, the person that's introducing you is, is doing several things. Number one, he's using his or her uh, credibility to establish why it's important to meet this person. Whether it's subtle or not, you know, this is my friend, my good friend here. For instance, uh, when I came here to Trinity Bible Fellowship, a good friend of mine brought, well, no, actually he was just a, an acquaintance that I was living in the Black Bear Motel, and he said, hey, uh, do you go to church? I was like, yeah, I do. He said, why don't you come with me? I'd been here for about two months, and I hadn't got, found a church yet. And he said, okay. I said, okay, great. So I came through the doors, and the first person I ran into was Steve. And this person, Mark Elwood, introduced me to, to Steve. And the first thing Mark said was, this is the pastor at Trinity Bible Fellowship. He's been here for a while, and he teaches pretty good. I'm like, well, okay, hi, Steve. How's it going, Pastor Steve? You know? So I called him Pastor Steve because that's how I was introduced to him. After some small talk, Steve introduced me to Canute Hernes, who at the time was uh, the worship team leader. And the same thing. Now, Steve, Mark used Steve's credibility to introduce me to Steve, and then Steve used his credibility as the pastor to introduce me to Canute. Does that make sense, you guys? Right? And so introductions, I believe, and I, I might be wrong. You guys are probably going to say, no, you're not right, which is not far from the truth. But I believe introductions begin with credibility. Who are you that's introducing this person? And who is this person you're introducing to, uh, to me? And what does it have to do with me? And then, then, of course, we establish a relationship after that. So in honor of Mike's last service, and if you weren't here for Mike's message last week, he talked about babies, which babies are always cute, right? And babies are always good. I want to introduce you to the most important baby of my life right now, currently. <laughs> this is the cute part. Hi, Johnny. This is Johnny Doyle. The fifth, <laughs> right? The cutest baby ever. I know you guys are going to argue with me. There's a lot of cute babies here. But isn't he cute? Look. <laughs> so John Arthur Doyle the fifth is parented by my son and my daughter. My son, John Arthur Doyle the fourth, and my daughter, uh, Laura Jean uh, Doyle. And he is the little brother to my granddaughter, Destiny Cherish Peace, who's awesome as well. She's not here. She's in Children's Church. But this is Johnny Doyle. He does what babies do. <laughs> he coos, he caws, he, he's cute, right? He also does some other things that babies do that we won't talk about. Uh, but he is my hope, one of my hope, I've got lots of hope, but he's my hope that my line will continue. John Arthur Doyle V. I'm hoping through this little guy there's a John Arthur Doyle VI. I probably won't see that guy, but I hope, right? That's, that's our hope. And so I just wanted to, so, so take a bow. Right. This is Johnny. Love that kid. Anyway, cutest baby in the world. You guys can argue with me. It's, it's okay. Um, and it's, and it's, I want to bring those two things together. What does introductions and hope have to do with today's message? And the answer, you guys, 
is I'm going to depart from a usual Christian, 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 sorry, Christmas message. It's going to be Christian, I promise you. Um, but normally we talk about the baby Jesus. And, and Mike did a really good job last week of why do we need a baby? Why did Jesus have to come in as a baby? And so I want to talk about Jesus as the Savior. Okay, he came as a baby, but ultimately to grow. And our hope was that he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, Christos. He came here for a very important reason. In the scriptures, we were introduced to him uh, from the beginning to the end, right? As we have, we have a, as human beings, have a need for a savior. Now, that need is born out of the fact that we, the created, did something against the creator. We sinned, right? And we destroyed that relationship possible with the creator through our, our disobedience. And some people say, well, I'm, I'm not a bad person. And I'm not saying you're bad, but I am saying you're a sinner. All of us are sinners through Adam and Eve all the way on down, every one of us, right? Hopefully sinners saved by grace, but we're still sinners. So this Savior had to come, and God promised the Savior from the very beginning, right? Uh, and the Savior had to come, and he had to bring that relationship back together. And that, that's his job, okay? So what qualifies, and we'll, we'll get into that. But what I want to do is start introducing this, this Savior through introductions that are, are, that are throughout the Bible. There, there's a whole bunch, right? Um, but the first introduction comes from God the Father himself. And if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 3.15, you don't have to turn there. My, my service is, sermon, my message can be very... Uh, I'm going to be bouncing all over the place. Uh, actually, from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between. So... Uh, if you don't want to follow, that's fine. But So Genesis 3.15, God says, and he's actually talking to Satan. And he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So God's saying, there's going to be someone coming who's going to be victorious over you, Satan. By the way, Adam and Eve are standing there, because they, they're about ready to get chewed out as well. right? This is the fall of man. And so... The, the fall hasn't even been complete yet. God hasn't even done the curses yet. Uh, and God's promising that there will be victory over this. We will have a healing, right? So, of course, for, over the next few thousand years, uh, in the scriptures, promise that this, this, this promise of a Savior will be fine-tuned. You know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, some wonderful books. If you've not read them, read them. They're awesome, right? Now, according to um, gotquestions.org, there are over 300 Messianic prophecies fulfilled in the Bible uh, by Jesus, his life, his ministry, his first coming, his second coming. I said 300 prophecies, right? The odds of all these happening, by the way, are so astronomical. I'm not sure if they've had a number, um, but you get it, right? The prophecies are found in, if you believe in, it depends on what professor you believe in, but if you believe in one professor, there's 456 prophecy, or 56 verses. If you believe in another uh, professor, there's 574 I don't know. But what I know is there's a lot of prophecies that have been and will be fulfilled by Jesus Christ or by the Savior coming. We'll talk about that. One of the main introducers in the Old Testament is the prophet Isaiah. Now, according to uh, biography.com, I I like going on the web because it's kind of fun. Don't take all your information from those guys, by the way. But Isaiah, if you don't know who he is, he's an Old Testament prophet. Uh, And according to biography.com, 
He is one of the best known as the Hebrew prophet who predicted the coming of Jesus Christ to salvage man from sin. That's right off the page there. I think that's pretty cool. He's one of the best known. Maybe not by everybody. Something you may not know, he lived 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus Christ, or prior to the events that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, right? He has 40 prophecies-ish in his book, Isaiah. If you haven't read it, please do. Um, And he talks a lot about, you know, the birth of Jesus is going to be this way. And he's going to be born of a virgin. And he's going to be bruised and crushed for us, for our inequities. He is going to be the, the Messiah. He's going to live this way. He's going to die this way, right? Forty of these things are, are in there, which is, which is amazing, right? One of my favorite, of course, is Isaiah 7, verse 14. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. If you don't know, Emmanuel means, of course, God is with us. Last week, Mike taught about this verse coming up here. It's Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So here's a baby going to be born. Um, of a virgin, which is, doesn't happen too often, I'm sure, right? I think only once in history. Um, but the hope in this baby, like Johnny there, my hope is my name will continue. But the hope in this baby is what? That he'll be the one that is bruised and crushed for us. Why? To heal our relationship with God. To heal what we ripped asunder This baby, this little tiny baby, is going to be born, and he's going to live, and he's going to die to right what's been wrong. That was written 700 years before Jesus Christ walked this earth, or was wrapped in swelling cloths. And I think that's amazing that we look at that introduction from Isaiah. Now, what's Isaiah's credibility? The fact that he's a prophet. What's God's credibility? The fact that he's God, right? But those, <laughs> duh, right? <laughs> those introductions start to paint this picture of what's going to transpire to fix the mess we're in, to fix the fall of man, to bring us back to God, to a right relationship with God through this baby who will become a man, who will become the savior of the world, right? By the way, that baby also, if you believe scripture, is the creator of the universe, right? Just a little, little slice there, a little foreshadowing, right? So we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn there, we'll be there for just a few moments there. Um, this is the birth of Jesus Christ, right? And we're going to skip that part because everybody knows it. And Steve's going to preach on that at Christmas. And, you know, it's not very important. Just kidding, it's very important. Uh, But right after his birth, there's another introduction. So chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were filled with great fear. So what's the angel of the Lord's credibility? The glory of the Lord. How do you know you're seeing an angel? (laughs) I'm sure we would figure it out really fast, right? And what I love about this is the angel of the Lord says, don't fear. First thing he says, fear not. And some versions say, do not be afraid. Guys, 
seriously, if there's an angel that just appeared over my shoulder here, how many of you guys are like, run, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure why he said that, but every time this, this particular angel shows himself, he's always saying that, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Here is the Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? I was talking in Sunday school this morning to some of the teenagers, and that word Christ, Christos, literally the angel said, this is the Messiah of the Lord. Right? They're, so these, these shepherds are Jewish, and I'm assuming they're good Jews. I'm assuming that they've gone to synagogue, maybe once or twice, definitely the temple, and they know what a Messiah is. So the angel of the Lord just told these shepherds, two, three, four people, Chuck, Gus, Bob, whoever, right? The Messiah is here. Pretty important news, right? All of us should go, wow, the Messiah was just born. Unless we go, well, who's the Messiah? I don't know. We'll find that out in just a second here. But the Messiah has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. I was talking also to the kids today about that. Can you imagine? Okay, so there's one angel. <laughs> Don't be afraid. And now there's a multitude of angels. How many are in a multitude? Probably more than two, right? So if you see one, and now you see, let's say, 16, <laughs> that would be awesome. That, I mean, terribly awesome. That would be, I think we, I would faint. I don't know. I hope that never happens to me, but, but you guys get the picture, right? This is pretty awesome. And what they say is, glory to God, peace on earth among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them in heaven, this is verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I don't think, I tell them, the kids this morning, I don't think these verses do this justice, right? They just saw a multitude of angels shouting at them how awesome God is. And they're like, hey, Gus, let's, let's go on down to Bethlehem and check out this thing. No, they're like, oh, my goodness, the Messiah is here. Let's go find him. Wow, this is awesome. Probably after they picked themselves up off the ground. And, and they start going, right? So what's the credibility here? Angel of the Lord. And now these shepherds believe that hook, line, and sinker. Yep, the Messiah has been born. I don't think there was a doubt in anyone. I don't think there was a, well, you know, I'll have to see the piercings in his side and the wound. You know, I'll have to listen to the pastor a couple more times because I don't, I don't know if he's really the Messiah, you know. Is it really the Messiah? No. They bought it. Why? Because the glory of the Lord and a multitude of angels shouted. You guys, how many of you wish that that could happen today? Right? Witnessing would be so easy. <laughs> They'd be like, hey, you know my friend Jesus Christ? Hit it, boys. Glory of the Lord in the highest. Woo. We would have a conversion rate that would just be astronomical. But God thinks we can do it without his angels, so we'll be okay. Further in Luke's gospel, we find two more introductions. And these, I was, as I was reading the gospel and I was, I was preparing this message, um, I wasn't going to include these guys. Um, but God said no. God said no. 
it, there was a reason. I just focused on them, and I'm like, whoa, there's a really interesting thing here as far as introductions go, right? So Jesus is born. Eight days later, he's circumcised. He's taken to the temple, right? And we find that in uh, verse, uh, Luke 2, verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Okay, so the baby's being brought because he opened the womb and all that stuff. By the way, if you didn't know this, Jesus fulfilled the law. <laughs> and this is, this is some of the fulfilling part, right? Pretty important. If, if we miss his detail, it's like, oh, no big deal. But this is kind of an important thing. This is, the, like, like uh, Mike said, he's a human being. Eight days, he grows. Eight days, let's go fulfill the law, right? Really important that we don't miss that. And while he's there, skip down to 25. We're going to go 25 to 36. Something, two things miraculously happen in this gospel here. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout. That would be credibility. Waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Again, there's some credibility. Who's this guy? We know nothing about him, but he's devout, he's righteous, according to the scripture, and the Holy Spirit's there, right? In him, on him. And it has been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the spirit, into the temple, and when the, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, again, keeping the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And this is our scripture reading, ready? For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother, mother marveled at what was said about him. So think about this for a second, you guys. You walk in the temple with the baby, Johnny, and all of a sudden an old guy <laughs> grabs the baby and says, this is the Lord's salvation. If we did that today, there'd be cops called, right? I'm just, I'm just saying, right? <laughs> Moms are going, uh, yeah. I'd be hitting, hitting them with my handbag, right? But what gives, what gives him credibility? So this isn't in a vacuum. If we're, if we're not careful, we read scriptures in this vacuum. Everybody in the temple knew this guy, Simeon. He'd been there for a very long time. He was devout according to the scriptures. That's his credibility. He was with the Holy Spirit. That's his credibility. And he announces this baby is the Savior that we've been looking for. This is the Messiah is what he says, right? I'm sure it was a lot louder than what I just said, right? And everybody in the temple that knew Simeon went, what? What? That, that baby is what? The Messiah. And it happens again, according to scriptures, it happens like within seconds, but Anna the prophetess. How many of you guys know the story of Anna, right? She was a widow. And there was, uh, verse 36, and, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven, seven years from when she was a virgin, 37, uh, verse 37, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming, to that, coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were, who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So Anna sees the baby and says, look, probably from Simeon, who's like, this is the baby, right? And Anna's going... That is, that's the Messiah. That's the Savior. What gives Anna her credibility? Again, her reputation in the temple. She's been there for, let's say, 37 years. Prayer, fasting, 
a devout woman of God. And everybody knows it. Now Simeon, now Anna, an introduction. And they didn't even introduce the baby other than this is the Savior. They didn't know the baby. They just said, hey, that's, that's him. That's the one. That's, look, everybody. And anybody, I love, the ver- I love this verse. I love what it says here. She began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting. That would be a witness. That would be evangelizing. That's the baby. That's the Messiah that we have been waiting for. Here is the Messiah. Praise God. Praise God. The Messiah is finally here. That Messiah has been prophesied for thousands of years. And here is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. Right? How many of you guys feel like that come Christmas? Birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's been a year since I get presents. Awesome. Here they come. No, not quite, right? And again, these two would have been well-known. That's their credibility. That's why they were allowed to introduce Jesus Christ as the Savior, as a baby, right? Okay, let's skip forward a few years. I want to talk to you. Uh, One of the last introductions I want to talk to you about is, of course, John the Baptist, right? We know he was prophesied in Isaiah. He's going to make straight the path of the Lord, right? And then we know his story. But here's an interesting thing about John is um, he's wrapped up in the middle of the Christmas story through Elizabeth, through his dad. And, And here's this crazy guy wearing camel hair, Eating locusts, right? And some people have said, it's funny, some versions of the Bible say, oh, he was eating the locust bean from the tree. The locust has a, has a well, that might be, I think, as a survival instructor, former survival instructor, I think he was eating locusts. They taste like, you know, like crickets, and crickets taste like, <laughs> crickets taste like corn nuts, you know? And so I'm sure, they're, I'm sure he, he ate locusts, locusts and honey, right? The other option is wrap them in chocolate, right? But think about this. What's his credibility? He's a crazy guy in the wilderness. God's coming, right? How many of those guys would you flock to? If I went out to the streets, and I actually threatened Steve to do this a couple years ago, and he said, please don't do that. (laughs) If I went to Main Street in the the square there and said, Jesus is coming, repent, sinners. (laughs) Robert would wrap me in swaddling clothes. And take me away to the manger and beat the snot out of me, right? What are you doing, John? Right? Well, that's what this guy John's doing. He's kind of one of those crazy guys, wild hair. You know, Jesus is coming, everybody. Where's his credibility? We don't see his credibility unless we look back to Isaiah. And I was talking to the kids about this, right? Think about this for a second. For us, this is so easy. Oh, Isaiah, yeah, there's prophecies and da 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 Think about this for a second. 700 years, these things were written prior to Jesus' birth, right? Do you guys remember the events that happened 700 years ago? We looked them up this morning. There was a monastery in Croatia that was rebuilt by some guy in Arimathea or something. We don't even know. As Jennifer was reading these names, I'm going, whoa, I thought biblical names were terrible, right? We don't know what happened 700 years ago. What are the odds that a common child of Israel in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, in anywhere, would know these prophecies. They didn't have scriptures everywhere, right? They weren't written down. They weren't, there was no Gutenberg press, by the way, what, 14, 
72 or something like that, right? So what are the odds? So here's this crazy guy in the wilderness, no credibility, unless you know Isaiah, right? Unless you know the prophecies, making straight the paths. Here's this crazy guy saying, repent, repent, repent. And here's the awesome thing is when he did that, people were flocking to him to be baptized, right? And so that became the credibility, isn't it, right? So Isaiah and his actions were the credibility. What he was saying was the credibility. And what he said, John 1, so John chapter 1, verse 15, John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 16, For from the fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Verse 17, this is awesome. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Wow. When I read that the other day, you guys, this is not the first time I read this verse. That popped off there. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Wow. So right now, if we stop right now, what do we know about Jesus Christ? Everything. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. He brings grace and truth. That's pretty cool. So I want everybody to turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. This is my distinct pleasure and privilege to introduce to you Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. Verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Come and see what God has done. Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And that right there is our God. He is our Messiah, he is our Savior, and there he is. I've just introduced to you who Jesus is. Now let's get acquainted with Jesus today. You guys have ever read the book of Revelation? We're going to go there next, Revelation chapter 1. This is a picture that John, the, uh, the apostle, painted for us. And I think this is, if we were to go to heaven today, please, Lord. Okay, not today, not right now. But if we were, I think what we're going to see is this. I think who we're going to see is this person. Verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes 
were like flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was, was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the shining sun in full strength. And I'm not going to break all that down, but I am going to tell you, this is a picture of a king. This is a picture of a victorious king. This is a picture of a king who has won a mighty, mighty battle. And that battle is for our very souls, you guys. He's the one that saves. He bruised the head, crushed the head of Satan. And some would say, well, Jesus died. No, his, his heel was bruised. Because here he is, you guys. Eyes of fire. Focus, you guys. A golden sash signifying that he is truly a king. A sword coming from his mouth sharp enough to divide flesh and sinew and bone and the truth. Pretty awesome. And this king is wise and strong. And you know what? Here's the cool thing about this king. His authority will not be challenged. No matter who's in office today, president, chancellor, prime minister, doesn't matter what country, what nation, they will never challenge his authority. And there's coming a day when he will rule, and he will take his rightful place as the ruler of all nations. He will be the king of kings. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Lord of hosts, Lord of heaven, and Lord of earth. This is Jesus Christ, our Savior. And here's a promise of the future, you guys. This is something I want to focus on. This is something that I focus on daily. Because this world is a mess. And it's getting messier every stinking day. Now the Omicron virus is coming. Woo! I'm, aren't you guys tired? Don't you wish a cold was just a cold? By the way, I've got a cold right now. The first thing I did was went down to school and got myself a COVID test. And I was, I was happy that it was just a cold. And now I was miserable for the next three days because it's a cold. It's really kicking my bottom, right? I wish cold was just a cold again. One day. But this is our future, Revelation chapter 21. And I dare you guys to keep on reading after I'm done talking. I mean, after I'm done talking, right? Don't be rude. Go to 22. It's awesome. 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. That's the promise that I can't wait for. Right now, we wait for the day and we say, come Lord Jesus, come. And that promise says that God will be here, be with us somewhere, right? New earth, new Jerusalem, new heaven. God will be with us. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine when God is with us, petty squabbling goes away, temptation goes away? Sin goes away, hurt goes away, pain goes away. The nations of the earth are healed. There'll never have to be a man that has to go fight for the country because Jesus will be there. God will be there. He'll settle all these little squabbles that we have. Our pride won't be above one another. Man, you guys, that's heaven, isn't it? I can't wait for that day. That's awesome. And in closing... The manger, the cross, and the tomb are all empty. They've done their job. 
The baby grew to be a sinless man. The man walked righteously according to the law. The cross punished and killed this sinless man. This death was the payment for all those who have sinned. All of us have sinned, by the way. Therefore, this payment, this punishment he did not deserve was meted out to him for all of us. Any us that have ever lived. Any us that will ever live after I'm gone. Johnny right there. This death, the tomb held the body of this sinless sinless man till he was raised in victory over the power of death. All these things are empty now. We look at them, we look at the cross as a symbol of what happened. We look at the tomb that will be, we'll talk about in Easter, that's empty. The, the manger, that I don't know where the manger went to, but we have a manger here normally. It's empty too. There's no baby in it, right? He grew up. He was raised the King of kings and Lord, of, Lord our God. This Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world. And here's the thing. Anybody who just heard my voice, and I'm not necessarily talking to you guys, I'm talking to you too, Bland, too, right? But if you have not made the decision, or maybe you're saying, you know, I'll just wait a little bit before I commit to this whole Christ guy. We don't know, you know. Um, you don't have an excuse anymore. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He will come, de- he will come back. That is the promise. And I know it to be true because the promise of his coming the first time was true, right? And if you don't, if you don't confess him, Lord, now, repent, believe in your heart, that he died, that he rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't hold on to that, you guys, the future is bleak for you. And I don't want that. Jesus doesn't want that. None of us want that. We want you to confess he's your Lord. Accept him as Savior. If you've not done that or you're waiting on the decision, stop right now. This season, this Christmas season, this joyous festival festival of love and whatever we call this thing, this is not about presence. It's about the present. Jesus Christ, who came as a baby, lived as a man, died, and was raised again. Accept that. Please, I beg you. And if I'm talking to believers, which I'm looking at a whole bunch of my fellow brothers and sisters, and I'm so excited... Randy, I'm excited that you're here today. I was a little nervous, like, oh, my goodness, Randy Anderson's here. (laughs) Glad that I didn't know about that before. You guys, I'm going to talk to you real quick. Are you telling? Are you talking about this? This is a great, this is the best season ever. You know why? It's called Christmas. (laughs) It's a great opener to introducing Christmas as the Christ has come, right? And if you're not doing that, why not? I know you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Are you afraid? Are you afraid that your, your, your brother, my brother, my sister, my sister, I love my sister to death. She's one of those awesome women that, that believes in empowerment and, you know, nature will, you know, I love her so much. And when I bring up, she says, yeah, 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 that's, that's your truth. I'm like, no, that's the truth. Please, Denise. I love you. And if you're hearing Denise, you just heard it. He is the Savior. Don't be afraid of your cousins. Don't be afraid of your nephews, your uncles, your, your, your aunts, your grandmas, your grandpas. Whoever doesn't believe, don't be afraid of them. 
because love them enough to tell them with conviction and the truth that this is the only way to live forever. And the other way to live forever is not going to be nice. We're going to live forever one way or the other. Please, as brothers and sisters of Christ, share, take this gospel that I just showed you, that, that you know, this isn't the first time we've, you've heard the, church, the gospel in this church, right? Steve preaches it just about every other week. You should probably set that to every week, Steve, just saying. Not judging. <laughs> take this gospel and preach it and shout it and with love tell people. Please, if you love him, show it. That's what we need to do this Christmas season, you guys. What if we don't have another Christmas season? I used to not say that. And then the world started falling apart. <laughs> Take a look now. Wars and rumors of wars. Pestilence. Got it. <laughs> Maybe may not be the pestilence, but pestilence, right? And what just happened last uh, Saturday, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning? The worst tornadoes that ever struck Kentucky struck Kentucky. There was a tornado that started in, in I heard this on the news, in Alabama, no, in Arkansas, and ripped up to Kentucky 256 miles. This thing was on the ground eating earth and anything in its path. I think the Bible talks about these natural disasters getting worse and worse and worse. And I'll be darned if they're not getting worse and worse and worse. What if Christmas doesn't come next year? That's all I'm going to say. Father God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for giving us another day, another moment on this earth to, to, to tell the truth, to, to tell your truth. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming as a baby, for living as a man. Thank you, Lord, for being man enough to die for us, but God enough to live for us, Lord. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that, that anybody who hears this sees the truth for what it is and accepts you before it's too late. I thank you, God, for being God. I thank you, Jesus, for loving us enough to die for us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.